Hey everyone, welcome to the Rapid Review Show. So I haven't posted in a few weeks. It's been a combination of things, uh, work, some travel, and preparation for my comic uh, Kickstarter, which is coming up very soon. So anyway, I'm back this week, but instead of doing a full review, because I just, I'm still a little exhausted and I've had a little, very little time, I'm going to share a series of very somewhat rapid reviews of some things that I've watched in the last few weeks, all of which I think I liked on some level. Uh, and then hopefully next week, I will get back to my normal process with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which I'm very excited about. Anyway, let's get to the reviews. So first up, and probably the longest of the reviews uh, that I will share today, is Oppenheimer. I wish I had more time to talk about it and do a full review, but just realistically, I wouldn't have the time. And by the time I get to it, it might be a little late. So I figured I'll just give share my thoughts now. So look. I really like Oppenheimer. I think it's a very compelling film in a lot of ways, and there really is quite a bit to talk about. Overall, to me, it's, it's a very good movie that is made by a master of his craft, but it's not without some problems. And I'm actually not sure that it would crack my top five Christopher Nolan films, to be honest. And maybe that's just a testament to how great of a filmmaker he is. But it, while it's very good, I don't know that it, it would quite reach my own personal top five. Really, Oppenheimer's like three movies kind of occurring at once. It, there's the kind of Oppenheimer autobiographical story. Then there's a story of the Manhattan Project, which is its own thing. And then there's a story of Oppenheimer's very public drubbing and the fight for his reputation. And because of this, this movie is really long. It's almost three hours. And at some points it does drag and it struggles a bit to keep attention. I think there are times where it will, it drags and then it grabs you again. And then it drags and it grabs you again. And while there are some moments that really do wow you and some just amazing moments in the movie, it is a bit long and I feel like it could have been cut quite a bit. The big issue for me for the first half of the movie, especially, is that it was just kind of missing narrative momentum. And I know I talk about that a lot, but I think that's the thing that keeps you really engaged. And I feel like the beginning just was kind of meandering along. It was like a series of vignettes about his life. And really, it was hard to understand what the story was. And part of that's, I think, intentional on Christopher Nolan's part. Because it does kind of, when you do realize the story, it does hit hard, but it also just feels like the movie's meandering for the first part of it. I think once the movie starts to focus on the Manhattan Project, I think it starts to gain some momentum and it starts building towards its first climax, which is the nuclear bomb test. And this isn't a spoiler. That is the big, the big moment, the big moment visually. And I'll discuss a little bit more of that later. But shockingly, what the movie does that's really interesting is, we hit that moment, but when you hit that moment, you're still little more than halfway into the movie. And after that is where the actual movie happens. And I think the after we get that test is where we start to see what this movie is about and what the story is. And it does finally build a lot of really good narrative momentum in that last part of the movie. I think the issue is that at three hours long, it feels a little late. And if you've checked out, it may be hard to jump back on board. But I will say that I think it does a very good job in that last hour of really grabbing your attention and really giving you a story that makes sense and that you're, you're invested in. On another note, the movie looks amazing. It, I mean, it really does. Uh, again, we're watching a master at work. The cine cinematography is amazing. It is beautiful. It's something worth seeing in IMAX. I, you know, I don't know that it's like a must see in IMAX for the visuals, uh, but it's, it's, it's done really well. 
Um, it's great set design, great costuming. Um, the makeup is fantastic. They do some aging and de-aging without CGI that looks really, really good. Uh, as, as good as I've seen. Um, and it's, it's refreshing to see it done again with just old school makeup and not, not, um, these weird uncanny valley CGI stuff that we get. And there are, there are very, very well known actors. Uh, who are quite unrecognizable because of how good the makeup is. And I, I got one, I got a couple and there was one that I just totally did not get. Uh, and, and didn't realize it until days after the movie that this person was, was actually in it. Um, now speaking of the visuals, I think the, the big effect is the nuclear bomb test. I think that is the, the money shot in this. And I think they knock it out of the part, not only because of the visuals, but they do some really, really interesting things with the sound. And I won't give it away, but that is what you should experience in IMAX. Like, if there's a reason to see this movie in the theaters, it is the sound and it is some of the interesting things they do with the visuals and the sound. I think it works really, really well. And I don't want to give it away because it is an experience. But I think, again, if you want to see it in IMAX or Dolby, see it because of, of the sound and the sound design and how they incorporate it into the, into the movie. Um, you know, speaking of sound design and, and, and um, sound in general, the, the score is also great. I think I don't think it's Hans Zimmer, surprisingly, but, uh, but again, awesome score that works really well for the movie. And again, they find just a great way of, of making sound just feel like a really big and important part of the movie. So like I said, if you, if you're going to see this in the movie, in the theaters, like see it because of sound, because that, that will blow you away almost literally. So again, uh, the movie is also just chock full of great performances, just up and down the line. I'm not going to list everyone here because there, there are a lot of people in here, well known or not. They're all acting their behinds off. Um, if there is a critique, it's that you get a, you, there are a couple people who maybe should have gotten a lot, a little bit more time and just didn't. But again, at three hours long, I don't know that I don't know where you're going to start adding lines and adding um, storylines for people in this movie. Now. That being said, for a movie that was very long, there are, and as I alluded to a little bit, there are some characters and I think some events that just get rushed and or glossed over. And I think that they're just pacing issues. Like 30 minutes of this movie could have been cut. There's storylines and characters that honestly didn't need to be there if we weren't, if they weren't going to get real and appropriate time to work with. And then they just don't fit. And I feel like you could have cut 30 minutes and made this just a much more cohesive movie with that kind of momentum that I was talking about. Um, and, and part of the problem here with it being too long is that the movie doesn't have the, the tension that, that it wants the viewers to feel throughout. And it, it, get, it gets, gets close. But because of the length and because of some kind of artistic choices, I just felt like I was never quite on the edge of my seat. Uh, not at least until the end of the movie where, where it does, does get there to a large extent. So all that being said, this is, it's an intense movie. Um, and the one that I think should be experienced in the theater. Like I said, I'm not sure it would make my top five Nolan films, but it's still a great movie and it gets a solid 8.5 from me. So next up, we're going to talk about Barbie. Um, and, and my wife and I did do the Barbie Heimer or Barbenheimer um, viewing. We saw both back to back pretty much with no break in between. And look, Bar Barbie is one of those movies that, that doesn't have any right to be as good as it is. Uh, if nothing else, Greta Gerwig really goes for it. And, and I think she mostly nails it. I think it's a very smart, very well-written script. It's got the right mix of whimsy, absurdity, comedy, and, and it has a lot of heart. While not all the jokes land, it is a genuinely funny movie, and I think it goes places that are completely unexpected, and it's, unaf and it's unafraid to take a social position. 
if there is a critique for the movie, for me, it's just that some of the social commentary is a little bit on the nose. Now, for me personally, I, I totally agree with and am, am on board with, with the social commentary and the message that the movie wanted to spread. Uh, it's just for me that it was a little bit on the nose at times. And I think that it could have pulled back, you know, 15% and we wouldn't have, it wouldn't have lost anything. But at the end of the day, it's a minor quibble for me. We need more movies that are just not afraid to take position and are not. And, you know, obviously, I think we knew this going in and then the movie got some unfair criticisms levied at it. But I'm glad to see that it's it's done well in the box office despite that, because I think, it, it, again, it means that filmmakers can can make movies not afraid um, of, of what social position or commentary they want to include in it. So other than that, otherwise, like it, it's a blast. Uh, it. it it's both inspired by and on the same level of movies like Toy Story and the Lego movie. I think Barbie Land looks great uh, and unique and separate from when they do arrive in the, quote, real world. Uh, there are some great performances in this throughout. Uh, and I'm, again, really happy that this is one of the biggest movies of the summer. I think it, it you know, maybe is not marketed towards me, but it, it's definitely marketed to a group that that don't get movies directed towards them and and it was a great experience just seeing that in the theater and um hopefully this means we get more movies like this out of it and so barbie for me gets an 8.5 so next up we get secret invasion uh which i did finish this week uh secret invasion is a is a tough show to review i had high expectations for it you know as it was a build as a spy espionage show featuring you know characters who could shapeshift i think there's a lot of potential with that kind of setup and i don't know that the show ever quite lives up to it you know we do get spies we get double agents we get safe houses uh, we get all the trappings of a spy espionage thriller but it all feels kind of surface level you know at some point in the show superpowers are introduced and i just feel like once that happens all the spy stuff is kind of like performative and it never kind of has the tension that you expect from the genre. I think the the acting is really good. The writing is strong. I like the dialogue. I, I should say the, the dialogue is strong. But I just feel like the while most of the episodes are perfectly fine, you know, with the ep- exception of a couple of moments, the the just show as a whole is just kind of mad. Like never quite kicks it into high gear. Outside of like one very one great action sequence in episode five, which it doesn't build off of, I just feel like it never quite gets where where I wanted to got where I wanted. It's always great to see Sam Jackson. Uh, he's great, and the standout here for me is Olivia Coleman, who whose character, you know, by the end of this reached, I'd watch her read the phone book level of entertaining she was great i hope she gets her own show i hope she gets her own movie again i I could watch that character read the phone book she was so entertaining like if you're if you're a big marvel fan or a completionist then this is probably essential viewing if not i don't know that you're missing much unfortunately you know this was kind of billed as or, or we expected it to be kind of marvel's and or and it just doesn't quite get it it's not bad uh, it's perfectly fine if you're into this kind of stuff, but it, it, again, not essential viewing. And overall, I give it a seven. So finally, I'm just going to quickly touch on what might be the best thing I saw all weekend, which was They Clone Tyrone. Uh, this is a Netflix production. It stars John Boyega, Jamie Foxx, Tiona Paris. And honestly, it might be one of my favorite movies of the year. As the title suggests, it's a sci-fi flick 
that feels a lot like Sorry to Bother You. I think it's heavily influenced by that, uh, which is another movie that I loved. It's a movie that is it is absurdist. It's irreverent at times uh, and, and almost impossible to describe without spoiling a lot of it. John Boyega plays a drug dealer named Fontaine who discovers that he may or may not be a clone. And as he investigates, he just uncovers an insane world that honestly makes the horse people of Sorry to Bother You seem benign by comparison. Uh, there are great performances here. Uh, Jamie Foxx is a standout. He's having the time of his life playing a pimp named Slick Charles. Uh, Tiona, Par- Tiona Paris, who we'll see in the Marvels, is also great. And we get some incredible cameos from Kiefer Sutherland and David Alan Greer. Uh, again, just great performances throughout. Um, I love the way the movie was shot. Uh, I believe it takes place in modern day, uh, though it, it, at, at times I was not quite sure about that. Uh, but it, it honestly feels like it was made in the 70s. Like it, it feels like honestly like a 70s exploitation film. You know, it's shot on really grainy, old-looking film, or it looks at least it appears as if it's shot on grainy, old-looking film. I haven't looked into how they actually got that effect. Um, but look, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, it it was I had a blast watching it, um, and I cannot do justice to how insane but fun this movie is. Um, and honestly, it's worth it to just watch it for the credits alone. Again, something I will not give it away, but to use pro wrestling jargon, there's something that happens in the very end that gets a huge pop out of me. So if you haven't seen it yet, check it out. Uh, they Clone Tyrone actually gets a nine from me. So that's it. So again, it's my uh, first time doing kind of a quick rapid review session where I talk about a few different things. But again, there's a lot of good stuff that was out. I just haven't had time to to do some proper reviews. And again, hopefully I will return back to form. We've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming up, uh, the Marvels. Uh, then we've got Ahsoka, which I'm really excited about coming up soon. So there's a lot of good stuff and hoping that as I kind of... Uh, wind down on all the marketing and prep for the Kickstarter that I can get back to doing the regular reviews. So, so hope you enjoyed and I will talk to you next week. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. And while you're at it, leave a review. We can be found on all social media platforms at portable underscore hole. And we can be found on any of your favorite podcast platforms at portable hole publishing. For any information about us, upcoming releases, or podcasts, you can check us out at portableholepublishing.com. And to email us, email us at portableholepub at gmail.com.